welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guest and I will share our experiences, insights, and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to episode 170 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Unless you've been living under a rock, or maybe you're brand new to this podcast, you know how much I love email marketing. It's one of those things that when someone says, what do you wish you'd done differently in your business? My first response is, I wish I'd started my email list way sooner. I waited way too long to start building those relationships and connections through email, There's so many things about email marketing that are really valuable to your business, but it's also something we tend to overlook because it feels overwhelming. It's not as simple or as easy as social media. It doesn't have that instant gratification that we get from posting something and getting likes and comments and shares and engagement, but it can be one of the best kept secrets in your business for helping you to build connections, grow your community and make sales. So today I'm chatting with my friend Katie Gunther. She is not only a email marketing strategist with over 20 years of experience, but she's someone who I am good friends with. We met on Clubhouse and we've hosted multiple Clubhouse rooms together. We've met up in real life. She is an expert when it comes to email marketing. She's the one that I kind of go to for any questions that I might have or tips that she might give. So today she is coming on to share some of her best tips for simplifying email marketing, how to take this big, scary idea that we know we all need to implement into our business and make it feel a little less daunting, a little bit easier, and more likely for us to actually accomplish. So I cannot wait for you to meet Katie, get to know her, see why I adore her so much, and figure out how to simplify your email marketing process. So Let's get started. All right, Katie, welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to chat with you. I am excited to be here. I've been waiting uh, to be on your podcast, so I'm happy to talk to you today. I know. I can't believe we waited this long to have you on here in the first place. But (laughs) um, So you and I met on Clubhouse Mm -hmm. um, with our mutual friend, Katie Brinkley. I don't exactly remember how I met you. I don't know if we... I think maybe Katie and I were doing a room and we, and she brought you up on stage and we were moderating together and it just like went on from there. I know. I love it. Now we're the K crew, which we've dubbed ourselves, um, which is better than when you have three people with the K initials to (laughs) get a little dangerous. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we have, you know, become good friends. We've hung out in person together And I'm excited to have you on to talk about email marketing, which is your expertise. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what your business is. For sure. So I work mostly with um, entrepreneurs, small businesses, people that maybe have tiny teams or are just, you know, solopreneurs. Um, And my goal is to help people simplify uh, looking at how they look at email marketing so that you can include it as part of your overall marketing strategy but do it in a way that doesn't take up a ton of time and energy and actually automate things so that you can free up some time and energy to 
play with your kids, take a nap, do the other things you enjoy in your business or just in life. I love that. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about today, which is like how to simplify email marketing, because I think for a lot of people, I know I was this way for a long time. You think, oh, it's just one more thing I have to add to my plate. One more thing that I know I should be doing, but maybe I don't do as often as I should, or I don't even know like what I should be sending out these emails. So I'm excited for you to share some of your tips with us today. So really quickly, I know I've said on the show, like why I think email is important, but I'd love to hear your, and I, you know, I think I kind of know your answer too, but what is your kind of answer you give when someone says, why should I focus on email in my business? Um, I think the biggest reason is for, for me and sort of what convinced me is at first you look at it and you're like, well, I don't, it's sort of a slow burn, right? Like with social media, I'm going to put up a post. I'm going to get likes and comments. I know what's working, what's not. Um, I, I know who I'm talking to. And email is a little bit like you kind of have to build up that no like and trust factor over a little bit of time. But it's a little bit more intimate. So if you think about how you use social media, you might just like in your free time, pick up your phone and scroll and scroll and scroll. Um, but email, I feel like when people are reading their email, it's a little bit more intentional. They're taking the time to go into their e- inbox, see what's there. Um, read what, what they have chosen to receive, right? Like they've signed up for your list. And so you, there's a little bit of extra, um, how do I say this? Like you've already sort of warmed them up a little bit. Like the fact that they gave you their email address in the first place, you've already jumped in a little bit further into that like trust area. Um, And a lot of people are checking their email several times a day where social media, they might be checking it a couple times, maybe once a day. Um, So you're in a place where your audience is frequently and by choice and not just like I call doom scrolling where you're just like, uh, what's happening on Instagram? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, I, for me, the turning point was, cause I, again, I'd heard people say like, you need to build an email list and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, like the whole, you know, kind of, fear factor of like, what happens if my Instagram goes away or what happens if Facebook and meta Mm -hmm. or whatever shut down or you own your list, all those things are great. But I think what did it for me was the fact that it is very personal. It's not necessarily something you just like kind of randomly send out. Like I started looking at it from a consumer point of view and looking at like, how do I consume emails and like, what do I look forward to? And once I realized how powerful some of those emails coming in were, it reminds me of like, as a kid, I would get so excited to go check the mail because I would hope that I would have something in the mail for me. And I had a pen pal for a while. So I did look forward to her letters Right. You know, like as a kid, you're like, oh, what's in them? Is someone going to send me mail? Like, am I going to get a letter in the mail? Um, and that's how email still feels. I think as mm-hmm. adults, sometimes we still open our inbox and like hope to see something fun or personalized or something that feels like getting a letter in the mailbox. Yeah, I think that's really true. And it also keeps you at the front of people's minds. Um, I This is sort of an outdated example for me. But um, I usually am subscribed to, let's say, like Old Navy email list um, because I really only buy pajama pants from them (laughs) during Christmas. Yeah. Um, But if I, 
because I'm on their email list and because I get emails from them on a pretty regular basis, when it's time to buy pajama pants, I don't even think twice. I'm like, oh yeah, I should see if old baby has new ones or if they have a sale, especially around Christmas time. Right. So like I can buy pajama pants anywhere. I can go to Walmart. I can go to Target. But I don't subscribe to their email list. I subscribe to Old Navy. So even though I may not be opening every email I get from Old Navy, um, it's it's just I'm being reminded of it. Sort of like seeing the same commercial advertisement on TV all the time. You may not be in the market to buy a Chevy truck, right? But when you are, if you keep seeing those Chevy truck commercials, that's going to be the first thing you think of. You're not going to think of Toyota because you haven't right. seen those ads. So I think that's the other thing too, is um, staying in that, uh, the, the same hemisphere as, as your audience. And, and so they don't forget about you. Yeah. So, okay. I think let's talk about, you know, it's, we know we need to be sending out these emails because that's how you stay front of mind. That's how you stay kind of, like you said, like in their realm and mm-hmm. in their subconscious, but it has to be more than just seeing your name pop up on an email. We want them to actually open the emails and read them. So um, one of the things I think a lot of people struggle with is it feels overwhelming to think, okay, what do I say? And those, I hear that all the time. What do I even say? Like, I have no clue what to say. And so I know that you have some really great tips and I I think the whole purpose of this episode is to simplify our email marketing. So let's even make it a little bit broader as opposed to just what do I say in those emails, but what are some ways that we can simplify the idea of sending out emails to our list? Because, you know, it's one thing to create a lead magnet, get a list, build it up, but then there's all these people sitting on your list. And if you just kind of abandon them, It's not good. It's not helping you grow your business. So what are some ways we can kind of simplify this process so that it isn't just one more thing on our to-do list? Right. And I think one thing that we've talked about in the past, so your audience is probably familiar with it, is like the content pillars or content buckets, right? So it's like having those things that you are totally comfortable talking about, like you like talking about it. So if you have three content buckets that you're constantly pulling from, and let's say one of them is I don't know, pets, that like, if you don't know what to write, go to your content buckets and be like, okay, I'm not really feeling that. I'm not really feeling that. Okay. Pets sounds good. I can tell a story about um, taking my dog to the dog park. It doesn't have to always be super honed in on what you sell or what you, or what you offer. Um, It can be more personal, like your social media is. So if you're posting on Instagram, you're doing your posts, your reels, your stories, whatever. And some of those are going to be about the product you're selling, the service that you're offering. But sometimes it's going to be like, oh my God, we had the craziest, busiest weekend. That kind of content is totally okay to put in your email. Again, it builds that know, like, and trust. So thinking outside the box a little bit and not being afraid to um, get to um, not too personal, but too casual or too yeah. simple, like You could totally send an email to your audience saying, um, you know, I took my dog to the dog park and this funny thing happened. Here's a picture. I wouldn't recommend that all the time, but just saying like, if you don't know what to write, don't overthink it. Just get something out. Because the biggest thing is, like you said, they've signed up for your lead magnet. They're on your list. Now they're just sitting there. That is like the worst thing you can do. You're basically abandoning people who want to hear from you. Um, And so 
consistency, like sending them on a regular basis is more important sometimes than what is actually in the email because yeah. you don't want to lose them. Um, so well, using- I've done, I would say I've done an example I've done one time is yeah, yeah. I didn't, I was like, okay, I, I don't, I wasn't really like in a writing headspace. I was like, I don't want to write this whole long email. So I was like, I literally just sent out an email one week that was like, Hey, um, how's your week going? Is there anything I can help you with this week? Mm-hmm. And I always include like at the very bottom, like my podcast episode for that week, but it's more of just kind of like, Oh, by the way, don't forget to check out this week's episode. But I, that one email is like, it took me two seconds to write schedule yeah. send. And I had a ton of people engage with that because they were like, Oh, this is an actual conversation. Like she wants to hear back from me. This isn't mm-hmm. her just talking at me. This is a, you know, like, Hey, I was like, hit reply and let me know how your week's going. And if there's any questions I can answer for you or something, you know, how can I help you this week? And it's something that simple, mm-hmm. I think can even set, or like the dog park story. That's what takes you from another like old Navy sales email to like the friend that emails you and that you can't mm-hmm. wait to read their message because you want to see what it's going to say this time. Right. And I think that we often forget that, or or maybe we don't know that email, your email list is part of your community. And so having the, so smart to send those emails, Kendra, because like asking people what they think or having a call to action in your email, that's like, Hey, um, send me a picture of your pets. Like I I shared you a picture of my dog. And do you guys have pets you want to share with me? You will be surprised that people reply and um, and offer like whatever they want, feel like sharing. And even if they don't, they feel like you're a human being who actually cares about their life. You're not just, your subscriber isn't just someone that you're selling to. Um, I've had the same thing where I'm like, these are the books on my nightstand right now. And, um, I I'm looking for another, you know, mindset or habit book. Like, what do you recommend? And I have people who reply all the time and say, you know, oh, I'm reading this book, or I tried this one, or I love that one too. Um, Because it also connects you with your audience. And then they see that you're just a human being too. Um, And then they end up looking forward to your emails more. So keeping it really, really simple. Another idea, and this is like where I started with email marketing. Once I I was convinced I needed it, but I wasn't sure what what I was going to do. I was already doing social media on a regular basis. And so what I started doing is just doing a, I think it was weekly or biweekly, like a, in case you missed it, weekend wrap up. And so I would take like my Instagram posts, my Facebook posts, and maybe if I went live or something, and I would just throw those into the email, literally copy and paste. That's all I did. Um, And that really helped build up the consistency as well. And that's something you can do if you're in a, place where you don't know what to write. It's just like, Hey, did you catch my um, Instagram reel? <laughs> like, <laughs> here's a link. Yeah. I know. I think we overcomplicate it. Sometimes we feel like it has to be this well thought out, like perfectly written thing. And I, what makes it relatable is when you do kind of just throw in, or, you know, even just sometimes being honest with your audience being like, you know what, it's been a really crazy week here at my house. I had this great idea for an email to send you, but right now my brain capacity is limited. So here's a cute picture of my dog, like, <laughs> you know, like, or here's a funny meme I found on the internet that made me laugh this week. 
I wanted to share it with you. Like those are the things that make you feel like now it's a friend that you're talking Mm -hmm. to. Um, And I do think there's nothing wrong with like letting your audience, if this is your community, like, again, this is your kind of VIP group of people that have said, we want to be in contact with you above and beyond social media, above and beyond like listening to your podcast or browsing your website or checking out your blog. So let them feel like they get the VIP treatment. You know, I think it's kind of like on Instagram. Now they have the subscribers thing where not all accounts have it, but some accounts do. And Mm -hmm. one account that I help manage their DMS, I, they have the subscriber thing. And that's what I see them doing is they will do like subscriber um, days where like all of their stories are specifically for their subscribers and they get, it's not value. I mean, it's valuable content, but it's more like, let me get to know you more personally. Like mm-hmm. they'll share about the activities they're doing that day, or this is what I like to cook for breakfast in the morning, or here's my favorite pair of running shoes. And this is where I got them. Or like, you know, just kind of like pulling the curtain back a little bit more for those specific mm-hmm. people. And that's what your email list should be also. Yeah, I think it makes you more relatable and especially like your audience is moms and dude, we do not have it together every day. And like, so you don't want to have the perception or like put out every email and every post as you polished and professional and put together if that's not really who you are because your audience, like I don't want to set an expectation for my audience that I always write perfect emails. In fact, one of the, I got the most feedback from this one email, some negative, some positive, but that told me who my audience really was, is I screwed up an email that I sent out to my entire list. It was like, it wasn't only a typo. There was also like a broken link. Like it was a mess. <laughs> and so I like the following week or a couple of days later, I was like, Hey, did anybody catch that? Like, I totally effed this up. And like, I swear when I talk to people in real life. So I was kind of swearing in the email and I had a client write back and be like, that is not very professional. I'm like, but my audience is people who need to know it's okay to mess up. And guess yeah. what? You just keep going. Like that email was a flop. You had a broken link. You sent up a follow-up email. None of us are perfect. That's why we connect with each other. That's why yeah. we're doing business together. Like it's okay to be relatable. Don't you're, I, I mean, maybe if you're an influencer, but I think even now social media influences are even pulling back the curtain and being like, this is my influencer makeup and hair. This is me on Saturday, (laughs) you know? And we all like, we love that. I mean, that's the thing is I I always say, like, put yourself into the mindset of your consumer. Like, don't forget that you're a consumer also, like you're on Instagram scrolling, Mm -hmm. you're liking and commenting and engaging with what is it that you're engaging with? Same thing with your emails. Like, what is it that you're opening and reading? Like, what are the ones that like, if you, it's not the one about like, this is what's on my nightstand. I would be the person that wants to respond because like, I love to read. And I would have been like, Ooh, I want to recommend a book to her that she's never heard of it. That's going to blow her mind. And I want to be the one that recommends that. So I'm going to respond to this email. And there's a lot of us that feel that way. So like it, that's just, it's so easy that we make it harder than it has to be. Um, but it really is just that simple. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be polished. People don't want perfect and polished all the time. They want to know you're a real person. Well, I think you said something too about, um, like looking at what you consume. 
Um, and that's another idea too, of how to make it easier on yourself is um, when you subscribe to emails or um, uh, other people's newsletters, I have a separate email account that I use for that, just like a Gmail, just so it doesn't clutter up my inbox. And um, when I see an email or a subject line or a way they did the email, um, I save it in a folder called email inspiration. And there are weeks, like I do this for a living and for clients. And there are weeks where I'm like, I, I don't know. And so I'll go to that email inspiration folder and uh, something will in there will help me. Um, I mean, you don't want to copy other people's work, obviously, but like I saw, I got an email. I don't even remember who it was from. It doesn't matter. And the only thing that was in the subject line was my first name. It was brilliant. I was like, I don't know what this is about, but it's for me. I better open it. Um, and I think it was like, you know, a last chance before a discount expired or something like that. But yeah. I was like, brilliant. I'm so yeah. I threw it in the folder and I'll use that at some point. Um, so that can help you too. Um, because when we get busy, that's when our consistency can kind of fall off. Right. So like right. if you're sending them every week, every two weeks, whatever, and then you're like, Oh crap, I owe my audience an email tomorrow. I don't have anything. If you have a folder like that, where you can pull from and throw something together really quickly, it, it makes your life so much easier. And then you'll feel accomplished and like, you can do better next week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I do that with like Instagram too. I mean, I'm constantly saving content on Instagram and putting it into folders of like, oh, this is a great motivational quote that I might want to repurpose somehow. Or, oh, I really like how they use this infographic to describe or explain this. And I save it and then I put it into my content board for, you know, my kind of inspiration board. Mm -hmm. um, we do that in all areas. It makes sense to do it with email as well. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about. Um, before we move on to like automations and kind of that aspect of simplifying things, let's talk about content just a little bit more because we've talked about, you know, like simplifying it with just these quick, easy, doesn't be perfect or polished. Um, you know, we talked about like using like the swipe files of like saving things and using others as inspiration. What about for people who are like, okay, but I really want to use my emails to give value and I do want them to look professional, but I don't always have like this grand idea every week? Like how can we be consistently coming up with ideas and content that give value or that share, you know, value or information with our audience without feeling like we're just on this hamster wheel of content all the time? Um, so I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give is start with whatever your long form content is and whatever your, um, wherever your biggest piece of content is. So for you, Kendra, it's probably the, your podcast episodes, right? Yeah. For me, I have um, blog posts that I create on my website and I have somebody that helps me with it, but I'm still creating, I'm outlining the content. So within that large format, um, it's tempting to be like, here's my latest um, blog post oh, okay, well, I shared that content. I can't share it anymore. When in fact, that blog post or that, that podcast episode has an outline of some sort. There's definitely going to be different areas of, of uh, content in there. So thinking about, even if you, um, maybe you go live on Instagram and you talk about a certain topic and you get questions from your audience, whatever it is, is find ways to repurpose that and break it down into 
very, very small pieces. And when you think you've broken it down enough, you could probably break it down even more where you're just like, okay, here's this main topic in my blog post and some bullet points. I bet you can even send an email on one of those bullet points. Um, because again, emails, you might get a lot of, you might get some longer emails if, uh, depending on what you subscribe to and what your vibe is, but I don't know about you. I'm busy. I don't, <laughs> I, if I get a long email, I will scan it. Yeah. Um, but like be okay with having it just be a couple paragraphs with a call to action of even ask me if you have any questions about this, click here to read the entire post. Um, tell me what, how you would handle this situation. Um, but really I have, if you look at my website, I probably have a total of like maybe 20 blog posts and I'm totally guessing. And when I, again, am looking for content to create either for my email or social media, I will just sort of scan through those blog posts and I will just copy and paste a paragraph and then like rework it, rewrite it. Um, but taking something you've already created and then repurposing it. And you can do that so many ways. It really yeah. is endless. It's my favorite thing. Like I, and sometimes I forget about it and I will go back. So I use kind of how I organize my content is I use Asana. And so I have all these different boards. So I have a board for like my podcast episodes. I have one that is, it's broken up by year. I have one for social media content, blog content, and I save all of my content there. So Um, I will have a week where I'm like, why is this so hard for me to create content this week? And I'll be like, oh yeah, because I'm trying to reinvent the wheel. And I will go back to like six months to a year ago and I will create, you know, take like a podcast episode and I'll be like, oh, that one did really well. And I haven't talked about, uh, (laughs) you know, like branding in a while. Mm -hmm. So let's take something from that episode and turn it into an Instagram post. And maybe I'll do another podcast episode on a piece of it. Um, And as you were talking, I was thinking about like, even here's a great example for anyone listening. Who's one of those people that's like, I need you to make it super clear for me. Let's, let's use this conversation so far as an example. In this conversation, we've talked about why email marketing is important. We've talked about our kind of aha moments around what, you know, kind of understanding why email marketing was important. We talked about um, like swipe files, how to save content that we give from other people We've talked about um, how to simplify like your content, make it, you know, like different examples of ways to make it really quick, short, and easy. And then now we talked about repurposing content. Like right there, I lost count of like how I, I, stopped, I stopped counting on my fingers, but like that's five, five or six different pieces of this conversation that could be turned into an Instagram post, a blog post, another podcast interview, um, a YouTube video, whatever it is that you're creating. And so I think sometimes we think of it as like, okay, well, it's this big conversation around email marketing, but really we've covered kind of five or six mini topics that could be its own thing in an email or an Instagram post or vice versa. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, 
even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is when you talked about like, oh, this this podcast went really well. I haven't talked about that in a while. Is that your audience is changing over the course of time? So you're going to have people unsubscribe and new subscribers added. Uh, plus, we don't remember every email we get. We don't remember every you know. We don't remember. I don't so, remember yesterday very well. So. <laughs> I know. So there's there are times where I'm like, oh, like when I went on vacation. I still wanted my audience to get emails. I went back a year and looked at the emails that did really well. And I um, I didn't recycle them completely, but I pretty much did. I mean, I just put them into a new email and maybe like changed a few things. And But um, I basically recycled it. And it had even an even better open rate uh, than it did the first time because that audience... A, probably hadn't seen it before, maybe didn't open it the first time. And if they did, they don't remember. It might seem familiar, um, but really I'm just educating them again on the same information like a year later or six months later. So Yeah, and I think we all would like to believe that our audience is like memorizing everything we do and every word we say. But honestly, if... (laughs) This doesn't sound kind of funny, but if someone, if I were to resend an email, let's even say like verbatim that I sent a year ago, because it was, I don't know, maybe it was around 4th of July and I sent like a fun 4th of July email and I'm like, oh, I'll just send it again. If someone remembers that email and knows like enough to respond to me and be like, Kendra, you've already sent this email. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, I think you're stalking me and I'm a little bit worried now. Like, I think we all hope that our audience thinks of us that way. But at the same time, we're like, no, these are all people with their own lives going on. They may not have been here a year ago. If they were, that's amazing, but they're probably not going to remember that email. And again, if they do maybe look into restraining order, just a thought. Just a thought. That or they're like your biggest fan or they're your True. assistant or something. Yeah. Or your mom or <laughs> right. You're like, mom, yeah, I got no it. No one's as close to our content as ourselves and, yes. and maybe our moms, yes. <laughs> but even then they probably don't really know what we do. So no, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah. So I think the repurposing thing is so key. And again, it's just a really simple way to take some of the stress off of, of creating content across any platform, but especially with your emails. And I always say to like, save because this is another thing I get people are like, well, I sent it, but I've switched like email people or I didn't save it. So if you, what I like to do is I, when I create my emails, I create them inside of like, I use Flowdesk. I put them into a folder. And so I have like January of 2022 emails in a folder, February of 2022 emails in a folder. And I know that sounds like crazy that I'm like that portioned out, 
But then I can go even take all those folders at the end of the year and put them into like a 21, 21 folder, you know, a 2022 mm-hmm. folder. But that way I have my content kind of organized in a way that I can easily go back to it if I need to. I do the same thing with my Asana boards, with my social content also, but having a system for kind of saving or labeling or something, your emails so that you know, okay, I I sent this email last 4th of July. It did really well. I need to go find it. It's easy to find it and then just copy, paste, resend. Yeah. I think for clients, I do, I do that. Like I put I will create their emails in a Google doc. And so I have all those folders because a lot of times they'll come back and they'll say, I'm doing this launch. Can you um, do an email like you did last time? I'm like, Oh, I don't know what that was. (laughs) Um, But if I have it, it's like, I can send it to them and be like, like this, like, what do you, what do you want to see? So having it really organized definitely helps. Um, Another thing I was going to say, as far as uh, repurposing is if you have an audience where you're providing um, something that's seasonal or um, something that you can send out every year or every six months is like, put it on your calendar um, to like resend that in a, in a certain amount of time. So I do like a spring cleaning, um, you know, like a taking care of your email list kind of reminder. So I send it every six months. There's a PDF they print out and it's basically like, have you backed up your subscriber list? Have you done this? Have, do you need to update your template, your copyright date? And so I know that like at, at, out of the entire year, <laughs> there are two emails I never have to write again. Yeah. Um, and then they know, and I'll say like, I'm going to be sending this to you again in six months. Um, and so do you schedule those in advance or do you just kind of remind yourself when they come up? I put it on my calendar just because sometimes like I might pick up a new skill or I might, um, learn a new way of organizing things. Um, and, and I might want to add that, like just kind of a little special note. So it's not just an automated email. It's also a note from me, like, don't forget, or, um, I almost forgot. Like I like to kind of personalize every email yeah. at least a little bit. Um, plus my, I change my template or my signature or you know stuff like that every once in a while. So um, I usually don't schedule emails that far in advance just because I, I like to do things yeah. spontaneously. So yeah. Um, okay. So kind of on that same topic, let's talk about automation because that is a huge time saver. Plus it's a way to really stay in constant contact without it having to be something constantly on your to-do list. So talk to us about how you use automations um, to help you with that. Yeah. So the most important automation that I feel everybody needs once you have a lead magnet or something that you're offering people to grow your list. And that is like your welcome series. And that can be as simple as just one email. But the key is that when somebody fills out your form to get your lead magnet or to whatever it is you're offering, a coupon or just joining your list, um, they are so interested in what you're offering, who you are. They want to learn more about you in that moment. You don't want to miss that moment. Um, And so you want to make sure that as soon as they hit that submit button, that they are hearing from you immediately, delivering that lead magnet, um, preferably in an email, and then welcoming them into your email community. And you don't want to tell them, you don't want that first email to be like, and here is everything I do and all about me. Just deliver the lead magnet. I'm so glad you're here. Here's some other ways you can connect with me. 
I usually throw in like my social links and then I might say, I'm gonna follow up with you again in a few days. And then you have another automated email that maybe tells them a little bit more about uh, what you do, how you serve and what they can expect for your email list. Um, a lot of times I'll see people will have it set up so that they like, in order to get your lead magnet, I enter in my email address and I hit submit. And then on the thing, like right away, it pops up on my screen. I think that's okay. I would also yeah. follow up with yeah. an email. You want to start, a tra training is a terrible word, I think, but you want to start training your audience to expect you in their inbox and that yes. they, when they're going to hear from you, go there. Setting up that automation can sound really intimidating. Like I'm okay, Katie, I'm just getting my head around sending emails in the first place. Now you want me to learn this thing and set up automations, whatever. <laughs> um, I will say most of your platforms and I, and I'm pretty sure Flowdesk does this too. There there's probably a template already that exists in your platform that has that welcome series kind of put together for you. You just have to go in and make some tweaks. But if you if you don't have an automated something reaching out to your list right away you are leaving money on the table so yeah. that's the biggest thing yeah no I completely agree that's one of the things that like I always tell people first and foremost like think of it as kind of one of the setup steps of setting up your email platform because you need to have your lead magnet you need to create like your little you know if you're going to send people into a certain category or whatever like have that set up and then do your welcome series because it's true it's it's I think it's a fine balance between, because again, as a consumer, I have signed up for someone's lead magnet. They've done exactly what you said, where like it pops up right away. It's like, okay, you signed up for this PDF. Here's your PDF. And then whatever, I get busy, I get distracted. I click away and I never see that PDF again because I don't know where it went. It's not on my screen anymore. And it wasn't emailed to me. And so it's kind of frustrating because I'm like, well, I would like to have had the opportunity to like save that email or whatever. And then on the, and you know, a lot of times so it's either goes of like people who don't send anything or you have the other end of the spectrum where it's like, I sign up for a lead magnet and I get 12 emails in a two day span. Like that's <laughs> a little bit much, um, but you know, you've had to find that nice little balance in between. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think there's like, you mentioned kind of the training thing of like, I think if there is something to be said about like, if you let them know, like, Hey, you're going to be receiving an email from me, make sure you check your spam folder in case you don't see it. And then saying like, you'll be receiving emails from me weekly or twice a week mm -hmm. or once a month or whatever. Like it's okay to let them know and then have it, mm -hmm. you know, kind of done out. Is there anything else you automate besides that welcome series? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one -on -one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. 
Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passions, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. I have a lot of things that I, that I have set up to automate um, and I'm constantly adding to it. Um, so it can, it look on the back end, it looks like a maze of automations, but um, yeah, like the one thing that I think um, even I, even I, like, I'm so great at all things, <laughs> like <laughs> I really struggle with is like, you know, when you launch something, so you sell a product or a course or whatever, and then um, you put so much work into uh, marketing the launch, launching the product, um, selling it. Um, you want to set an automation up on the back end of that and do it ahead of time because I am guilty as anybody of like, oh, I still, I, I launched something in the beginning of April and I still haven't set up an automation to get um, feedback, <laughs> like yeah. testimonials. That is the great time to get testimonials about whatever you're selling, your services, uh, your business in general, what it's like to work with you. Like when people have bought in and they are one of your biggest fans that they've now spent money with you and executed on a course or a product that you've sold. Now you like keep engaging with them. That's the best time to ask for those Uh, pieces of feedback and that's feedback you can use in your marketing so that's another automation that I think often gets overlooked because we put so much energy into launching something um, that we're so glad that it's over (laughs) (laughs) that we forget like oh there's this whole after period that we need to take advantage of so that's huge yeah so one of the things I hear people say about things like automation and and anytime you're asking something or someone other than yourself to, to do something in your business is that they worry it takes away the personal touch mm-hmm. aspect. Um, you know, and I, and I see this a lot with like things like, okay, let's say it's more of like an inquiry, inquiry type based thing. But I think in email marketing too, people have this fear that, okay, well, if I automate this welcome sequence, or I automate this sales sequence, that it's going to feel really impersonal. How do you, like, what are your thoughts on that? I think you have to treat every email like you would the emails where you're writing about your trip to the dog park and, and you want to write them the way you speak. So if you are um, speaking a certain way, um, when you are live on Instagram or when you're doing these really casual emails or when you're doing a reel, like when, like how you and I are talking right now, you want to write your emails like that. 
and even the ones that are automated. And so what I always do and recommend everyone does is when you write something, even if it's a follow-up for testimonials or a reminder to show up to the webinar, read it out loud and and listen to see if that is how you talk. And if it's not, change it. So use, um, you know, your instead of you are, like however you talk is how you should write. If you're a super formal person that uses proper grammar in every sentence you speak, then you should write like that. But if you don't, if you if your audience is into you using the F word, then use the F word. I have clients that do that. Like um, if you use GIFs or GIFs in your emails, in your newsletters, throw that into an automated email, like make it part, make it the same. Yeah. Um, it should have the same vibe, but I think making sure it feels that way. The easiest way to do that is to read it out loud and be like, when I say it like that, yeah. no, okay, then change it. Yeah. I think that's a good way. Cause I do like, it drives me nuts when I know someone in real life and mm-hmm. I get an email from them off of their email list. And I'm like, who like who talks like this? Like nobody talks mm-hmm. like, you know, it's kind of like this super formal, super professional, um, you know, and maybe if you're like a financial advisor and that's who you are, fine. Send out the really kind of boring, bland, professional emails. But I think a lot of us, we are our brand and we are, you know, moms, women, husband or wives, you know, whatever, like friends, daughter, we want to feel like it's a friend that we're talking to. So I do, I think it helps too. And I, I know this sounds really cheesy. Sometimes I tell people, I'm like, if you have a hard time putting your voice into your content, into your emails, I like to take, like, I have a stock photo, um, that kind of matches or that looks similar to like my ideal client. Like I have like a whole stock photo off Canva, a whole thing that's like, this is who my ideal client is. She has a name. Her name is Sarah. So anytime that I'm stuck on writing something, I pull up her photo and her name and her little bio. And I'm like, okay, I'm writing this email to Sarah. That's the only person that's going to read this email is Sarah. And that way I'm able to kind of relax a little bit and be a little bit more personable in there. Because I think sometimes when we try to think like, oh, I'm writing this to this group of people. It makes it harder for us to feel like we can just kind of simplify it a little bit. So I like the idea too, of like, just write it to one person mm-hmm. that is your like ideal person. Yeah. I think that's really important too. And even if you're um, like, for me, it took me a long time to really figure out who my ideal client was and be that clear where I had a picture and a name. And, and I think for some people that can be intimidating or you're constantly uh, updating it, evolving, niching it down. And I think that even if you can just pick your favorite person that you've worked with or uh, your Mm -hmm. favorite client, you can write in your mind to that person because truly grammar wise, you want to be writing to one person. You don't want to write your, when you're writing your email, be like, Hey y'all No, you're writing to one single person. Cause only like one person at a time is reading it. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Make sure you're talking. That's a really good point. Make sure you're talking to one person for sure. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for all of this. This has been super helpful. I think it's helped a lot of people. And I know like even me, like I know these things, but just hearing them sometimes again, like you said, like we need to be reminded of things, but it's, it's a good reminder that we don't need to overcomplicate this, that there are ways to make email easy, 
and fun for our business. So I appreciate you being here and sharing with us. Um, let everybody know where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, if you have anything you want to offer to them, you can share that as well. Yeah, you bet. So um, my website is bellablue.com with one L. So B-E-L-A-B-L-U-E. And I'm on Instagram as email Katie. Um, so you can check me out there. Um, I try to do stories pretty regularly with just email tips and I save them in my highlights. So it's, you can kind of go through there and see what other tips I've got. Um, and then I think right now I've got, I, I always have a freebie on my Instagram. Right now it's the free uh, lead magnet guide. And then I also have a list of email ideas that you can send your list. So it's a list of 15 engaging content ideas, not related to selling. So these are the newsletters that you're going to be sending out when you're not selling the, the value add, the education, empowerment, and entertainment kind of emails. Um, so definitely check those out and uh, you'll have 15 ideas to go to when you don't know what to write. <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here and um, for sharing all your expertise with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business and send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.